Good morning, Emmanuel, and happy World Missions Sunday. Um, I hope you're enjoying the Kenyan liturgy. It's so great to be connected to our brothers and sisters on another continent um, in such a way as this. My name is Tyler, and I'm also on another continent. Um, you, Emmanuel uh, Anglican Church, uh, sent me and my lovely family as missionaries to this part of the world, to the city of Ostrava. And I'm speaking to you today from our balcony uh, with a view of an amazing 14th century church behind us called St. Wenceslas Church. I thought this would just be a fantastic visual reminder that, that um, God has been on the move far longer than we've been alive, and he has shown his light into the most darkest of places. And what a great reminder on this World Missions Sunday. And as we speak about missions today, we, we speak about it from a very unique vantage point, having gone through 2020, uh, a very dark year for, for many of us. And as we stand, step into 2021 and think about uh, mission in our own backyard in Chicago or mission across the world, um, we might think about it a little bit differently. And I'm really looking forward to opening God's word and, and seeing what God has for us today. We've all recognized a new global need um, in 2020 uh, and stepping into 2021. Obviously the need for a vaccine, for uh, release and freedom from this virus, but also a deep spiritual need as well that, is, that transcends national boundaries. The need for uh, safety, security, for love, for acceptance, for embrace. These are all things that are very near and dear to us um, in our unique context. As we look at missions, um, you might uh, have some kind of bad experiences or, or, um, or even concerns uh, on your mind, uh, and we're going to address those today. Um, you might be thinking after a divisive year such as 2020, how can I even convince someone that, of, of the truth of the gospel, uh, of the beauty of the cross, um, after a year such as this, where it's obvious that people just don't change their minds, that we are very clearly isolated uh, in our own ideological bubble. How can I convince someone of the truth of the gospel? You might be thinking, well, okay, how can I, what, what, how do I preach the gospel if, uh, if I can't show the gospel to people? What's the relationship between actions and words uh, in mission, in, in spreading God's kingdom, in participating in the good news? Another thing you might be considering is uh, when I share the gospel, when I or when I go on a missions trip, when I support a missionary, aren't I also uh, inadvertently, you know, uh, bringing certain cultural baggage with me? Uh, is it even possible to convey the pure gospel without attaching a bunch of cultural ideas, um, Western idealism, imperialism uh, attached to it? Uh, that's, a, that's a fair question. You might think after a year like 2020, it's, it's somebody else's job to go to preach, to share, to disciple. I'm just so tired. Um, you might not know where to start, and that's completely understandable. You might also be thinking, the burden is just, is just too great. Uh, maybe in a different season, uh, I would do missions, I would participate, I would share, I would go, I would give, uh, but not this year, no, not right now. I Just give me a break. <laughs> maybe that's where you are today. And those are all uh, fine places to be, but we're going to try and see if God will meet us in those places. As we answer the question, what is the basis for missions? Let's take a look at our text for today. If you have your Bibles nearby or you have the bulletins pulled up, let's take a look at our passage from Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 9. 
little bit of context. This is the end of the book of Isaiah. And uh, Isaiah is uh, just one of the great prophets. He saw things that no one else was able to see during a very dark and hopeless time. He saw that God had a plan, had a, had a design, had a, had a will, had a purpose to come back for his people, to shine brightly in the darkest places. And nothing quite got Isaiah excited as much as talking about Zion. And you might be thinking, Zion, that's, how can someone get excited about that? What is, what is that even? Now, Zion is kind of a theological name for the city of Jerusalem, and it usually, um, in Isaiah's kind of hopeful imagination and hopeful vision, is, uh, shows us what the future holds for God's people. It's kind of, it's the center of the world. It's the place where God dwells with his people. And as we're going to see, it's the place where the nations stream uh, to meet God. Isaiah catches a glimpse into Israel's future, into the future of the world. And I think we need a little bit of a, a glimpse uh, into the future uh, to give us some hope as we start 2021. Let's take a look at the verse, first uh, three verses. We're first going to see God's magnetizing presence. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Amazing words. Um, this light, <laughs> we, need, we need a little bit of light, don't we? Thick darkness covers the earth. I think we can identify with that as well. But the Lord will arise upon you. His glory will be seen upon you. Here, um, the prophet is speaking to Zion, a city which has, was previously devastated, destroyed, and left kind of hopeless, reflecting on what is the future? How, what is this going to look like? How can we continue to image God if, uh, if all these terrible things have happened? And in the previous chapter, they've confessed their sin and God has assured them, I will restore you. And the key to that restoration is God's glorious presence. We see the glory of the Lord is the key to the shining of this beautiful city. His glory will be seen upon you. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Despite the darkness that is around, the light has come. Imagine this shining city in a dark world because God dwells in the midst of the people. And because of this, the nations stream to it. They see the light and the hope. And they come kings even, to the brightness of your rising. Now, since this is World Missions Sunday, we might as well learn from some of our brothers and sisters um, on the other side of the world uh, to, to understand some of these ideas. Um, in East Asian thought, um, this idea of honor and glory is a very important one. It's less important for us Westerners because we're much more individualistic. But um, in East Asian cultures, honor is everything. You might be familiar with the, with the term face, someone having a face or losing face. We see here that God is the most glorious. 
He has the most honor, the, the most face. In the Hebrew uh, thinking, this word is kavod, heavy, weighty. It's like, it's like the most real thing. It's not just something abstract. It's that God is the most real and weighty thing in this world. And he deserves allegiance and honor and respect and love. Not just because he's different and distant and big, but because he's beautiful. And the city in which God dwells is beautiful as well. We see here that the basis for God's mission is God's glory, which shines out as a beacon through a people among whom he dwells. We're going to see a little bit farther what it means that all these nations are coming to Zion, streaming to this light. And I think the picture it paints is really beautiful. Verse 4, lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult. Because the abundance abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheva shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news. The praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Nevaiot shall minister to you. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will beautify my beautiful house. A Czech theologian named Pavel Horšek um, has a really interesting idea about, uh, about the, these nations uh, coming to the New Jerusalem. Um, he reflects that each culture um, has elements which reflect the values of God's kingdom in a unique way. Uh, It's not that all these nations come to become one homogenous culture, but each brings something unique, which actually reflects God's glory. Uh, It'll be a beautiful, glorious mosaic. You can imagine all these nations coming and bringing something that's unique to them. We see this in this text. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, traitors, those from Sheva, the flocks of Kedar, the rams of Nevaiot, each of these nations bringing something that is unique and valuable in God's eyes. Uh, we all look forward to the great feast of the Lamb uh, when God comes, when, when, when Christ returns. We can imagine us gathered at this feast and each culture bringing something unique to the table or to the, to the room. Um, we can imagine you know, the, the table spread out with Indian food, with Kenyan music playing in the background, Maybe some Czech beer on the table. Jewish dancing and American desserts, maybe? <laughs> um, all these nations contribute something and, and, it, and it adds to God's glory. It's very interesting. that God says that he will accept their gifts on his altar and that he will beautify his house with those gifts. Isn't that amazing? Nations bringing unique things that God accepts in worship that make his house more beautiful. Now that's, that's a vision for a mission. It's interesting and important to note that no one nation has a monopoly on missions. Uh, 
might feel like that sometimes where a lot of you know western western missionaries are sent uh to uh to other countries but there is no one nation that has a monopoly on god's kingdom uh, each has something valuable to contribute and something that reflects god's glory so there's a universal aspect to mission but there's also an exclusive aspect to mission let's read on the final two verses verses eight and nine who are these that fly like a cloud and like doves to their windows for the coastlands shall hope for me, the ships of Tarshish first, to bring your children from afar, their silver and gold with them. For the name of the Lord, your God, and for the Holy One of Israel, because he has made you beautiful. Missions and nations streaming to the light of God, a light of the Lord, involves some letting go. We see that these some nations are likened to clouds and doves that are flying over great distances. The coastlands, the, the islands that are far from Israel, send ships. Tarshish, uh, many think, is, uh, denotes Spain. So you can imagine ships crossing the whole known world. And that involves some letting go saying goodbye, releasing uh, some idols, perhaps, releasing some customs, some memories, bringing your children from, from afar. That's a, that's a big deal, moving your kids. <laughs> uh, if any of you have experienced a move, you know that's a, that's a huge deal, bringing their silver and their gold, all their treasures. But it's worth it. Verse 9 says, The coastlands shall hope for me. Here we see that the hope for all the nations, for their fulfillment, is found in God and no one else. So any letting go and any sacrifices are worth it to find fulfillment in the Lord. There's also some uh, exclusivity in the way that we talk about God. Um, even though there's a universal aspect to missions, it's not as though every nation finds their own way to God or their own uh, way of worship. There is one God, and he is very particular about how he is worshipped and how he is known. In this passage, it says for the, uh, that, that all these nations stream uh, and bring gifts for the name of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel. They're all coming uh, to pay homage, to pay allegiance to another nation's God. But in so doing, he becomes their God. They get to join in a bigger story, in the story of Abraham, who was called to be a blessing to the nations, in this, to the story of, of the nation of Israel, who were called to be a kingdom of priests, and to the, and to the story of, of Jesus, the Messiah, the fulfillment of all the prophecies of the Old Testament, who once and for all came to solve the problem of not only Israel's sin, but the world's sin. There is one God, but all nations find their fulfillment in him. One uh, commentator just beautifully wraps up this whole passage uh, this way. The nations who come submissively, joyously, and with acceptance find their natural home and the fulfillment of their longings 
in the Lord and in the beautified city. We see that the basis for mission is God's glory, shining out as a beacon through a people among whom he dwells. And this mission is both universal and exclusive as nations give their allegiance to the one true God. What a beautiful vision for missions. And as we start 2021, um, my hope is that Isaiah 60 would reorient all of us for missions. Now, by missions, I don't mean what we can do for God. By missions, I mean what God is doing. God is the one shining brightly into the darkness. And it's our job to ask, how can we join you? When we reflect on this idea of God shining into the darkness, calling people into his light, um, I'm reminded of a quote by the African theologian, Augustine of Hippo. He writes this in his Confessions, reflecting on how God called him out of darkness into light. Late have I loved you, O Lord. And look, you were within and I without. And there I sought you. You called and cried and burst my deafness. You gleamed and glowed and dispelled my blindness. You touched me and I burned for your peace. For you yourself have made us and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Perhaps what we need the most at the start of 2021 uh, is not hyped up resolutions, foolproof strategies, or overcomplicated ideas about missions. Perhaps what we need to, do, to be, perhaps we just need to be reminded uh, of the simple truth that God is shining brightly into darkness, calling people to himself. Let's discern where he's already working, whether it's in Chicago or across the world, and joyfully rush to him to join him. Using action and words, we see these nations who are streaming, they're bringing gifts, but they're also proclaiming good news. We need to live the gospel in our lives, in our actions, and also with our words and ultimately so that we might participate in God's work among the nations, including our own, including the United States, the Czech Republic. Let's participate with him. My call to you this morning, Emmanuel Anglican Church, is to lift high the Son of God in the city of Chicago, that all may be drawn to him. Because the basis of missions is God's glory, which shines out as a beacon through a people among whom he dwells. Blessings, Emmanuel Anglican Church. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.